Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And with me today is our dear friend and sister in Christ, Doreen Virtue. Doreen, welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Brother Dave, and hi, everyone. You, you know, today we're going to talk about uh, crystals and a biblical worldview. Doreen, you've been involved with this, uh, or were involved, I should say, with this for a long time. And I know you have lots of uh, things, good things from God's word uh, to share with us. So take it away. Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about crystals because I feel like this is can be a stumbling block for some Christians because the confusion is that, yes, God did make crystals. Yes, they are beautiful. And yes, there are crystals in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And we see them, of course, the famous 12 crystal gemstones on the high priest and the priest's ephods uh, in the wilderness um, that God he commanded them to have, and each one represents a different tribe of Israel. And some people think mistakenly that the uh, Urim and Thummim were crystals. They think of them like a like a pair of dice that they threw. But I just want to say that I've researched that totally thoroughly. There's no description in the Bible of what the Urim and the Thummim actually were. And so we can't assume that this was a divination tool used, you know, the Israelites that God had used to talk with them. And we don't see anything like that in the New Testament. We do see casting of lots in, in Acts, that's it. Nothing in the epistles about that. And of course, divination is condemned. So, uh, coming from before God so graciously saved me from the New Age, and I regrettably did make a book and a deck of cards about crystals from a New Age perspective. And I, if anyone has them, I apologize. I've repented to God. I know I'm forgiven. But unfortunately, some of my old products are still licensed, and I can't take care of it. I don't know how to get them off the market. The used copies are out there. So, I'm talking to people, warning them about the New Age use of crystals versus the biblical descriptions of crystals. So, again, we we acknowledge that God made the crystals, but that doesn't mean ipso facto that we can use them for a condemned practice, i.e. divination or any sort of spiritual practice that's not absolutely biblical. And that's what's the problem, Dave, is that uh, people who run these crystal shops are all about energy. That's a very big buzzword in the new age. And it means something very different than you and I would think of energy as powering your computer or powering your light bulb or that you have energy after drinking a cup of coffee or getting a good night's sleep. Um, to a new ager, energy is the universal, they call it the chi or the prana. And it's something that's palpable. You can feel it um, because in the new age, like like all false teachings, it's all about experience. And so, they go into a crystal shop and they say, uh, wow, I can feel the energy of these crystals and I'm drawn to this crystal. So, they use kind of their body as a divination tool to choose what crystal they want. And there's this whole um, belief system that I was part of before I was saved that each type of crystal gives a different benefit. And, and so, you would use an amethyst, for example, to increase your psychic ability. You would use 
rose quartz crystal to help your love life. You would use green stones such as malachite to help with physical healing. And you would sleep with stones and you would make grids with these stones. You'd put them under your bed to conjure up a desired event, to to help to manifest what it is you would desire. Romans 1.25 talks about that in in these end times, people would serve the creation instead of the creator. And it's really kind of a description of what's going on with crystals. And I just want to make a quick add-on that this whole thing also happens with essential oils because oils are in the Bible, and God made the plants that make the oil. And so, people make this slippery slope logical fallacy that therefore, since it's in the Bible, and since God created it, I can use it however I want. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. Yeah, that's. I think that's uh, really fascinating. So, what do, you, what do you say to the Christian then that, you know, wants to engage in essential oils or use crystals or something like that? Well, I, th- I really believe that it's a personal matter between us and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts us when we are going off the rail, and hopefully the Christians who are listening to this, they they have their conscience open to the Holy Spirit and they will listen. Um, Because if you have a bouquet of flowers on your shelf, that's glorifying to God. I really believe it because that's something God created. Um, You can enjoy it. You can even experience it because you smell the beautiful fragrance of the flowers. And so, some people would have a crystal on their shelf in that same manner as they would with a bouquet of flowers. They're they're admiring it. Look at this beautiful rock that God made. And so, there's nothing wrong with that. To me, that's spiritually neutral. It's when we start to make crystals an idol or essential oils an idol. That's where we get into trouble. As you know, idolatry is condemned. And so, people make in the new age, make oils and crystals into having their own power apart from God. So, they think, well, if I get this crystal or if I have this essential oil, then I can have X, Y, Z result. It's trying to be your own God at that point, or it's making the crystal or the oil into a deity. And idolatry, it takes our eyes off of Jesus and off of the cross and puts it onto these creations instead of the creator. Mm, yeah, so it, it endows, we would say then that it endows um, a, an object like a crystal or um, a product like essential oils, and it gives it, uh, rather than it just being a product or a thing that we use, um, they would assign to it some sort of mystical power. That's exactly it. Um, just as a aside, I use essential oils for cleaning and fragrance. I love the I love lavender oil. I use tea tree oil for cleaning. So there's nothing essentially wrong, no pun intended, with with oils. And by the way, in the Bible, they were distilled oils, which is different than the modern essential oils. But there's nothing wrong with oils or crystals inherently. They are neutral. It's how we use them that's the key. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's um, really interesting. Um, you know, because I know you know I've done a little bit of study on this, and I know like in the ancient world they you know used these kind of you know th- crystals, especially you know, and and assigned them some sort of special significance. And like you were talking about earlier, and I. I think it's something that, you know, people just wear like jewelry and they might think, oh, I'm, I'm just wearing a piece of jewelry. So we, we do want to be careful because there's nothing wrong with wearing jewelry. But, you know, if you endow that with some sort of significance, um, like some mystical power, it's, it's 
still just an object. That's right. And and it also could cause someone else to stumble, such as a new Christian. Uh, if we wear some of the new age jewelry, I've done a lot of posts on this and, and people seem to respond uh, because I spent so many years in the new age. There's, there's absolute jewelry such as crystal points that point down that are used in divination and they're called pendulums. And, and it's a divination tool where you hold a crystal and it's like a weight hanging from a chain uh, that you hold and you ask it a baseline question such as, am I a woman or a man? Or was I born in South Carolina? Yes, no. And then you look at how the crystal supposedly swings to give you a truthful yes or no. And that's your baseline. And then you go ahead and ask it the questions that New Agers are always asking. It's always about health, love, money, career, life purpose, those four topics. And so you supposedly can hold this and, (laughs) and, and it's so placebo effect because it's what your expectations are that you're going to minutial little movements in your hand to get the desired outcome of this. I mean, you can't hold a crystal and ask a question when you have a hope what it's going to say. You know, will I get that job promotion? Of course, the crystal is going to say yes, because that's what you want. And you're going to be influencing it. But this is the mysticism about crystals. And then people wear jewelry of crystal points that are like pendulums, and it's a nod to other New Agers. If you go, no, I wouldn't recommend this, but if you happen to go to a New Age mind-body-spirit festival, you would see virtually every man and woman there wearing a crystal point around their neck. And sometimes I would wear gigantic necklaces with a bunch of crystal points, and it was all because I thought that that protected me instead of knowing that once you're saved, Jesus is our protector. God is our refuge. He's our fortress. And it's according to his will, of course, not some crystal around my neck protecting me. It's ridiculous. I spent so much money on crystals and I I threw them all away because like an alcoholic can't have a beer in their refrigerator, I can't have a crystal in my house because it triggers these old memories. Not that I would ever backslide like Lot's wife and look back. I would never, ever do that. But I don't want any kind of significance from the new age in my house. Now, if you haven't had that kind of backstory, having a crystal in your house is is no problem, but just don't wear these these crystal point necklaces, please. I'm, I'm saying, especially to the sisters in Christ who are listening, uh, you send a message that it's okay to worship crystals when you do that. You may not even realize it. You may have no intention of doing that, but you could cause someone to stumble. Yeah. Well, as you're talking and and you're going to probably laugh at this, it reminds me of the magic eight ball, you know, and you yeah. shake it and you're like, oh, look, I found my answer. You know, it's like, oh, am I going to be happy? It is. It is so or whatever, you know, it's like, but but that's why we have the Bible, you know, we have something better than, you know, some sort of jewelry that you could wear. And there, again, there's nothing wrong with wearing jewelry or, you know, makeup or any, any, any of those things. But, you know, it's, it's about attaching, like you said, a significance to them that the Bible doesn't allow. And that's so right. we, that's why we, but that just highlights why we have a better word, right? <laughs> In the Bible, uh, we don't have to, you know, like Gideon, you know, ask for a sign and, you know, sure he got the sign, but the, what, what he didn't have faith it, that God could answer his prayer. He needed a sign more than he, you know, needed God. And so as you we were talking, I just, you know, had that 
you know, random thought come to my mind. So it's true. Um, the crystal ball is often a symbol of psychics and witches. And supposedly you can have this crystal ball and it's elevated on a little stand and you can look into it. And, and it reminds me of the Wizard of Oz, you know, peering in and seeing a vision. And so this is a true confession I've never talked about before with anyone else. Uh -oh. It's an exclusive on your show. Uh -oh. I, had, I, I had a couple of crystal balls before I was saved. I don't, of course, anymore. But I could never get them to work. <laughs> I would look <laughs> into those things. And I was like, I can't see anything except for this crystal. <laughs> I might see rainbow prisms but, or something, but there was no, there was no visions. But um, that's an example of idolatry. People, those are expensive, too. I mean, all of these things. It's interesting, Dave. I interviewed recently a couple that were saved out of witchcraft and new age and they're now very solid praise the lord um, biblically sound christians but they had been crystal salespeople, husband and wife salespeople before they wow. were saved and their job was to take these rocks and minerals to both this is interesting to both metaphysical new age shops and also to gym stores you know, gem and mineral stores. And they said this was part of their awakening as they would take the same kind of stone to a new age shop and people would ooh and ah over the, oh, this is going to help to awaken my chakras and help me to be more psychic, la, 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 la. And then they would see that that stone was marked a certain price. Then they would take a similar stone to a regular rock and mineral store and nobody made a fuss about its imbuing properties. They just said, oh, that's pretty. <laughs> and they marked it for much less money. Same stone. And then they also noticed that every store they went to had different beliefs and theories about what a certain stone did. And so they saw the contradictions and the conflicts within the new age and, and Jesus and, uh, and God used that uh, to help awaken them to new age deception. Isn't that wonderful? That is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And that and that I think just highlights, you know, the the reason why we we talk about, you know, you and I both and other people, we talk about these things because, you know, as we're interacting with, you know, the in talking about these various things, you know, people are actually stuck in these things and they don't know, you know, why they're wrong. They don't know what the Bible says. And so they don't know you know, what to, to look for and why to be on guard against these things. You know, it's like something looks good and it, so it sounds good. And there's things in the Bible that may maybe suggest that they can do it. But like we're, we're both talking about, you know, when you endow something with a significance that the Bible doesn't give like a mystical power or something like that, then you're going to go against, you're, you're making that an idol. You're and an idol is, you know, like like you mentioned, it's it's anything that attaches meaning, value, and worth to to an object or a thing, or that could be even a hobby. You know, like I made in high school, I made golf an idol in my life. You know, I would spend more time playing golf than I would would be in the classroom, and my grades showed in high school. So you know, we can we can do that with just about anything. You know, it's not just crystals or anything like that, but it, it could be something like a hobby or a sport or a television show or a movie or a novel or, you know, it, it goes on and on. And, you know, like Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart with all due diligence because out of it springs the issues of life. First uh, John 5.21 says, little children, keep keep yourself from idols. idols. I mean, mm -hmm. so. Yep. 
Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I also want, want to circle back to some of the arguments I get from professing Christians who want to argue that this is a matter of, of Christian liberty or Christian freedom, that they can use crystals in new age ways. And and to say that they're, the crystals are a conductor of physical energy. That's why they are used. It's called piezoelectric. They are used in computers and watches and medical devices. So, the, there is a real, like a channel of physical energy that crystals do um, like a pipeline. It's mm. not just uh, in, in your imagination. And so, kind of a contrast, this is interesting. Before I was saved, I would go to crystal shops and a lot of them are in these new age power places like Sedona, Arizona being one of them. There's all these crystal shops you can stop in. And then we had one where I was living at the time, Laguna Beach, we had a big crystal shop. And then in Glastonbury, England, there's a big crystal shop, like all these places that New Agers gather to. And I would go in these shops with my friends, New Age friends, and we would we would just say, oh, we can feel this energy in here. Because there, when there's a ton of crystals in one location with this piezoelectric effect, it is palpable. You can feel it. And I would always think, oh, this is so healing, so helpful. But after I was saved, I went into one of those crystal shops and I went in actually with the agenda of taking tracks, gospel tracks in there, which I did. I left them around and I went in there and I got an immediate headache. And it was, it was, it used to be such a pleasant experience in there. And all of a sudden it was this nauseating, mm. horrible head. I don't get headaches. I, rarely, rarely get a headache. So, to have that effect was one of many, many reasons why I would never go into a crystal shop again. Mm -hmm. um, I pray that people got the gospel tracks and that God uses them, but it's, you know, one of the things that crystals are used for is to open the so-called chakras, which is a huge pivotal belief, kind of foundational belief in the New Age that uh, based on Hinduism, that we have these wheels, that's what chakra means, that control the energy, almost like a one the, the waterfall or a wagon, the wagon boat, what are those called? Wagon ships that have the wheels spinning that move, or those those games that you play that you, you pinball games. Yeah, so, yeah. Su supposedly from the base of our spine all the way up to the top of our head, we have these wheels that regulate the energy physically and emotionally and spiritually in us and that clairvoyance can see them and they they are the rainbow colors starting with the base of your spine is called the root chakra it's red going all the way to the top of your head it's violet so all the rainbow colors going up your spine this is where you've probably heard of kundalini yoga or kundalini energy there's supposed to be a serpent in our back that's awakened with our chakras being awakened it's very demonic but in the new age it's considered part of enlightenment. And many people who've had a kundalini experience, uh, they have what they call kundalini emergencies, where they actually go into kind of a, almost like a seizure effect. I mean, it's really can be serious, where the energy is supposed to go up from the, top, the bottom of your spine all the way to the top of your head and be released the top of your head. So, New Agers aspire to that, and they aspire to opening all the chakras and balancing them. Clearing and balancing your chakras is a big New Age um, focus and obsession. And one of the ways people think they can do that is by wearing crystals or having crystals corresponding to the colors of the chakra you want to open. So, if you wanted to open up all your chakras, you would wear a rainbow crystal pendant. It might be all the different 
seven colors of the rainbow around there. So nowadays we think of the rainbow, of course, it's no the Noetic Covenant, but nowadays we associate it with, with gay uh, movement. But it really, in the new age, it's not about LGBT, it's the rainbows about chakras. And so you would wear that around you to clear and balance your chakras during the day. Or if there was a particular chakra that you sensed was out of balance, you would wear that color crystal to help you. So for instance, the at the stomach area, it's called the solar plexus chakra and, and it's yellow. So you would wear a yellow crystal um, and that whole area of your body energetically is supposed to be about having more power and control, which is a big obsession in the new age. I want power, I, can, I want control. Uh, mostly because most New Agers don't know who God is because they never read the Bible. They don't trust the Bible. They need to read your books, Dave, um, to learn that the Bible is is sufficient and inerrant. Um, but they they want power and control because they want to be their own God. There's this belief that since God is omnipresent, therefore it must mean that God's within me, therefore I must be God. That's the New Age um, belief. And they think that, that we... Christians who know biblically that God is separate from his creation, they call us, they put us down by saying that's dualism. And they say that we're asleep, that they're awake because they know there's non-duality, that we're all one, that oneness. And that's where um, they use chakra crystals to try to get more power and control as being little gods or little goddesses. Uh, so crystals, it's its a rabbit hole to go down when you go down it like I used to be. But I just want to warn anyone who's a professing Christian that if someone hands you some stones, like a lot of people will do in the New Age, they'll hand you a little stone, this will make you feel better. That's Think of the, the wicked witch in, in uh, Snow White, you know, with the witch handing her the apple. It's basically what's happening when someone hands you a little stone. And of course, we're supposed to be gracious. We're supposed to be hospitable. So you might thank the person and maybe pray about what to say to them, but don't hang on to those little crystals that a new ager gives you. Uh, If you have crystals at home, this is a big question I receive a lot, and you are convicted by the Holy Spirit to get rid of them as I was, you want to make sure that the crystals don't go in someone else's hands, like any new age object that you are getting rid of. Don't sell it. Don't donate it. You don't want to pass along the deception to anyone else. It's it's hard to do, but with crystals that have been used in New Age ways, it's basically smashing them is the number one way to get rid of them. Of course, you want to repent for doing idolatry and divination for using um, New Age tools and methods. As you repent, um, smashing the, uh, these idols, uh, you can also throw them into a body of water. That's a good way to get rid of them. Or bury them as long as you think that no one's, including yourself, is going to unbury them. Uh, I, I threw some away too. You can do that. But again, please don't sell or donate your crystals that have been used in New Age ways. Mm, that's really good. You know, you, I know there's so many layers to this, aren't there? Yeah, you were you were talking about even the if I was understanding you correctly, of course, you're talking about what the chakras and that and that kind of seems like there's maybe a connection. Uh, with crystals to the occult? Uh, am I tracking with you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the chakras are believed to be the center of energy instead of God as our creator. Uh, and so, again, it's part of that self-God syndrome. And I, in before I was saved, I used to teach people how to balance their chakras. I had a book on it. I had a meditation tape on it. Um, that's how old it was as a tape. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I had a 
crystal saleswoman at my a lot of my events selling um, the crystals, and I absolutely regret that. And she would give me some free crystals as part of the deal for being there. So true confession on that. Mm. But it, it's that new age delusion that you can use an external to get power. It's just like the serpent in Genesis 3 saying, eat this and you can have knowledge. You can have godlike knowledge. And so the same promises held out with crystals to new agers. So you mentioned, you know, not not being essentially legalistic about it, but that it's a conscience issue, but but also warning people about the um, you know, the the occult aspect of it, if you will. So maybe maybe you could touch on that because maybe mm-hmm. somebody is like could get confused about, you know, that they think, okay, well, you told me to be to not necessarily maybe to keep it, but then also warning them. So maybe maybe you could just like clear that up. Just a little Absolutely. Bit. Yeah, that, that does need clarity. You're right. Um, many people have told me that they got into the new age for seemingly innocent reasons. They wanted to be healed. That was the biggest reason. They, they had a physical ailment. The doctors were confounded, didn't know what to do, or they maybe didn't want to go the Western medicine route. And so they got into using crystals with this prom the new age promises the moon and delivers hell. But it's the promise that if you just have this certain crystal on your body, tuck it in your bra, wear it as a necklace, put it under your pillow, uh, keep it on your nightstand, then you will be healed. And of course, it's God's will to heal us or not heal us. Second Corinthians 1 9 says that sometimes God allows us to suffer to draw us close to him, which is beautiful. That's that's what we want. And and so new age people who are not new agers will be put into the new age pipeline via a promise of healing using crystals or essential oils. Kind of sometimes they they go together. And then pretty soon, if this is how it starts, Dave, is you're told how to care for your crystal. How do you care for your crystal? Well, you've got to put it out on a full moon night on a mirror, and you've got to chant to the moon to please ask the moon to put its moonlight all over the crystal. And pretty soon now you're involved with moon ceremonies. Now in the Bible, of course, we know that the festivals were according to the lunar calendar. And that's because that's how they kept time back then. They didn't have the Gregorian calendar. They they were outside all the time. You could see the moon and the sun. And so the, that just, that's again where someone takes something from the Bible and tries to make it into justifying an occultic practice. So moon worship is a big part of goddess worship and also occultic practices. And it's and it can just stem so quickly you don't even realize that you've gone from, hey, I just want this rose quartz to help heal me, to, oh, I'm using the moon energy now to clear my rose quartz. After all, I don't want my quartz to be clogged with the energy it's absorbing from me. That's that's the train of thought that happens. And now all of a sudden you're into moon worshiping. Uh, then you're invited to a, a full moon dance with drumming and goddess scarves that you dance around uh, this bonfire. And then pretty soon you're involved with shamanism, which is the indigenous pro- practice of using plant spirit medicine and the moon and uh, and worshiping the moon at that point. And it can lead you like almost like the breadcrumb t- t- trails in a fairy tale. It can lead you right into, after a while, you say, well, let's just, now let's just go into Wicca. So, what's the problem? God created nature. Why can't I worship nature? And if you don't know your Bible, you are initiated into pantheism and panentheism, where you're told that God is everywhere, so therefore, He's in this tree, He's in this plant, 
So I can worship the tree and the plant. I can take them in through smoking them. And that will help me to have enlightenment. And and Wicca usually leads to witchcraft, which can lead to Satanism. So I know that sounds like a extreme view, but that's a timeline I've seen again and again, because you never get your wishes fulfilled with New Age. And the, the promises are never fulfilled. And it's you're always told it's your fault when you don't get your wish, because just like word of faith movement says you don't have enough faith, the new age says, well, you don't have enough positive thinking. It's your fault because you had a negative thought. Well, we all have negative thoughts. You can't control your mind like that. We're all influenced. You'd have to stay in a bubble to not have a negative thought. Hmm. And in that bubble, you would have a negative thought. So, the new age always condemns you that you're the reason, you're the fault why you haven't got these promises fulfilled that we promised you in the beginning. Mm. So, then they say, well, just one more workshop, one more New Age book, one more occultic book, one more deck of cards, one more seminar, one more trip to go to this power place where you can go to a crystal shop. And in the crystal shops, by the way, it's not just crystals. They sell tarot cards. They have psychics on on premises giving psychic readings. They have uh, all sorts of classes on occult in the crystal shops. Why? Because they know that'll bring customers in. So, they want all these services. So, if someone has, like I said, if you have a beautiful crystal on your shelf and you have a clear conscience with the Holy Spirit that you're just looking at it like you would a bouquet of flowers, there's no problem. If you have essential oils and you're using them just for cleaning and fragrance, and I do believe science backs up that lavender has a relaxing effect physiologically on people. That's not mystical. There's a there's a lot of studies that show if you if you inhale lavender, it smells delicious, but it also helps us to calm down physically. It's not mystical. It's a physical reaction. So that's fine. That's not idolatry. But if you get a lavender oil and you think, oh, okay, well, this is going to help me manifest abundance. This is going to help me to have more joy in my life. And, and you're not saying joy like the fruit of the spirit. You're saying joy like I want to be happy all the time, <laughs> which again is not realistic. That's idolatry and that's condemned. Really good. Really good. Yeah. It, it just makes me think, you know, be, be cautious, be mindful of the use of it so that that's true whether you have it um you know wearing a piece of jewelry if you're a lady or you know whatever and then if you assign some sort of magical incantation or some uh, power to that object that's that's where you're moving beyond just like you know enjoying the crystal or that object you're you're moving into uh, something, something totally different. You're endowing that with a religious uh, or spiritual significance, and that's the that's that's where you know God forbids it. You know, um, and, and you have to understand, like you're saying, the difference. It's not a legalism. It's uh, it's it's being cautious and not uh, endowing that object with um, some sort of meaning and value that God doesn't give it. You know, God, right. God ultimately made everything. Um, and so, yeah, we have to be, we just have to be careful about that. You know, I think your explanation is, is spot on, you know, but I think it's also good just to, you know, to be clear for people, you know, when, when we talk about these things, because, you know, like somebody like me and probably many people that listen to the show, they're like, 
I don't know anything about this, but I'm I'm interested in, you know, hearing about that because I see it all around me. And what does that mean? And I'm like, you know, that's why, you know, I want to talk more about these things because, you know, they are out there. And, you know, having lived in Southern California, having grown up in Seattle, I, I saw it all the time, especially in Seattle, but not so much in where I was in California. But, you know, I know it's I know it's there. And so just just you got to be mindful of these things, you know, um, it's like a fine, like you're talking about, it's basically like a fine razor line. Like one moment you think you're doing something and then the next moment you're, you're going further and further down this, this rabbit hole and this rabbit hole as I'm, I've, I've discovered in the last couple of years, it has no end. Like no. there is no end to this rabbit hole. Uh, it goes as far, uh, it goes as far as you, you, you could ever want to go. And it, that's what sin does. It always takes us much further than than we want to go. Amen. Yeah, it's rebelliousness against God. And the other danger of crystals that we haven't talked about is that people grind them up and drink a potion with crystals that's actually toxic to drink. But they think, well, holding this crystal isn't enough, so I'm going to smash it and put it in my water. And that can make a person sick. So please watch out for that. And then I get a lot of questions about amber teething necklaces, amber being, it's a resin, but it's considered to be a precious stone, a gemstone that babies use when they're teething. And again, it goes back to the question of, is this idolatry or not? Is this, I think amber teething stones are fine with a really biblically grounded mother who Mm -hmm. understands that I'm not going to put any kind of magical properties in, into this whole thinking about the amber teething necklace. I'm just going to see it as it is as a tool, a teething tool, no different than numbing cream. That's fine. But if you go into, oh, it it helps her energy, it helps, <laughs> it lifts her up, making it an idol again, that's the problem. So it's just, it's it's really just A or B. Is it an idol? Yes or no. And you have to be so brutally honest with yourself and the Holy Spirit God knows your motives. God knows the secrets of our heart. We can't get something over on God. If it's an idol, God knows that you're going to be called to the carpet on it in Judgment Day. So you you might even pray, you know, Psalm 139. <laughs> if there's something that's offending God that you're doing that's on your heart, just confess, repent, and ask God to purify your heart and your motives. And to what I do is I I pray for the Holy Spirit to let me know, convict me if this is idolatry. Please tell me, help me to get rid of it. And I don't want this in my life. I want to mortify the sin. Really good. Well, uh, what else about crystals Crystals should we we know or, or be concerned about? Well, if you see any kind of uh, printed material that says, oh, if you have this amethyst, it'll help you in this way. If you have this uh, green stone, it'll help you with money. Um, be careful. It's like a little bit of uh, leaven there, you know, you might think, well, I, it doesn't hurt to look and see what this says. Um, it's the same as horoscopes. Horoscopes are everywhere. And we know that astrology is condemned. A lot of people want to argue that the Magi were astrologers, therefore it's okay. Uh, they weren't. They were magicians. They might have practiced astrology. We know from the book of Daniel that astrologers, are they, they're inept. They cannot do what Daniel, without astrology, because of God, could do. 
So astrology is condemned. In fact, we see in Isaiah that there's something about these astrologers being burned in the fire. Um, and so and my point is circling back that people think, well, a little horoscope's okay. Um, just stay away because Satan mixes in truth with lies. And he tries to tempt us all the time. Um, and he's he's ruthless with his temptations. So just be the bottom line is read your Bible every day, pray for the Holy Spirit to convict you when you go off course and and listen to the Holy Spirit. That's not legalism. Legalism is thinking that you're saved by your good works. We're saved by Jesus' good work. That's it. It's finished on the cross. But once we're saved, we want to obey God. We are, we're given a new heart and a new life. And Jesus did say, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. But not to be saved, it's, it's because we are glorifying God. We were called to be more Christ-like. And so, why would we engage in idolatry when Jesus died on the cross for idolatry amongst other sins? Amen. Well, was there any last points that that you had, Doreen, or do you feel like you you hit everything? I'm sure there's more to talk about with with these crystals, but I think we went over the salient points. And if people have any kind of questions, they can always send me a message on Instagram. I'm I'm pretty slow in answering. I've got hundreds of emails from Instagram in my inbox, but I pray, you know, who who do you want me to answer, Lord? And if I don't answer right away, you can write again and it pops to the top. And I probably answer about 10 a day. So I, I get to people as much as I can. It, my point is, if you have questions about crystals, please do reach out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can let me know as well. You can reach out to me and maybe we can field some of those questions in a, yes. in a future episode too. So do feel like, yes, you can ask the question. You know, I have people that, that do message me for, for you sometimes, Doreen, and I'm always uh-huh. letting, I let you know. And so we, what the point Doreen has is, you know, she does want to answer your questions. She just gets a lot of, lot of messages. And so just, just understand that. And, uh, I, know and I don't, that, I don't have an assistant. It's all me. Have, you don't have an assistant, but that doesn't mean that you don't care. You care about, people. I care so much that it hurts. Yeah. And, and you can't, you can't be, everybody needs to just understand that, you know, you're one person mm-hmm. and you have no assistant and I don't and have an assistant. No, you don't. So, and, you know, so it is just us doing this, but mm-hmm. You know, we would love to, you know, help you and answer your questions as much as possible. So, Lorraine, I think this has been extremely helpful. Uh, thank you so much for speaking out and helping, you know, Christians understand these things. I think it's uh, really important. So, uh, thank you. I'm thankful for you and uh, for all the many ways in which the Lord is using you, sister. Thank you, brother. God bless you and to everyone listening. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.